I'm Paul Kemp, the App Guy, and this is the App Guy Podcast. So I'm really excited about having the co-founder of Skype in an interview very, very soon. However, I want to do something very different in this episode. When I chat to Jan Tallinn, the co-founder, he is not that interested in talking about the past, Skype. He wants to talk about the future. He wants to talk about artificial intelligence. And so in today's episode, you will hear the story of Jan Tallinn as narrated by me. And I've gone and dug into his past and you're going to learn two very important things. One, how this man came to be who co-founded a company that now has over 600 million users. And secondly, I owe this man a great debt because this whole show is built on Skype. So many of us use it and we can't live without it. So let's look into the story of Jan Tallinn and Skype. Jan Tallinn was born in Estonia and Estonia is in the Baltics. Uh, If you want to know where the Baltics are, just imagine Sweden, Norway, Finland. And at the bottom of Finland, if you were to take a a trip across the Gulf, you will see and get to Estonia. Estonia uh, did have some uh, troubles in the past. Uh, During World War II, Estonia was occupied by the Soviet Union in 1940, and then the Nazi Germany uh, then took it over in 1944. Uh, After the war, uh, they did go through um, a revolution. Uh, in fact, there was an attempted coup uh, as recently as 1991 by the Soviets. Uh, but for now, uh, Estonia is a developed country. It has an independent democratic parliament and it's an advanced high income economy, which means that it's no surprise that the co-founder of Skype has come out of Estonia. Estonia performs favorably when measured against uh, economic freedom, civil liberties, education and press freedom. And in fact, the capital city is Tallinn and we are uh, talking about Jan Tallinn. So his name is clearly after the largest city in Estonia. So I have a very interesting life. I was born behind the Iron Curtain uh, in uh, Soviet-occupied Estonia. And uh, looked forward to a pretty bleak life, uh, I guess, in some scientific institute trying to figure out how to uh, kill more Americans. Uh, luckily, though, uh, Soviet Union collapsed uh, just shortly before I was uh, ready for independent life, uh, 1990, uh, when I went to university. So Jan graduated from the University of Tartu in 1996. He had a BSc in theoretical physics. And he had a thesis that he worked on that involved traveling interstellar distances using warps in space time. But it would have been a few years until he got involved in Skype. Now, what is Skype? Well, Skype is a household name. It's an application that provides video chat and voice call services. And it was one of the first freemium models. Most of the people using it are using it for free, but they do have Skype Credit, which is a subscription service, and Skype for Business. It first started in 2003 and has gone on to now, in 2010, have over 660 million worldwide users and over 300 million estimated active monthly users. And in fact, there were 34 million users concurrently online on Skype in 2010. If you go back in history, uh, in 2005, eBay acquired Skype for $2.6 billion. And then in 2009, 
a board led by Andresen Horowitz and the Canadian Pension Plan Investment Board announced the acquisition of 65% of Skype for $1.9 billion from eBay. And it attributed a market value at the time of uh, just under $3 billion. And then Microsoft bought Skype in May 2011 for $8.5 billion. Uh, so look at the increase in market value that uh, was acquired since then. Skype's division headquarters were based in Luxembourg, but most of the development team are situated in Tallinn and Tartu, Estonia. Skype was created by the Swede Niklas Zenstrom and the Dane Janus Friss, and they worked in cooperation with uh, Heiti Heinler, Prit Kesselslu, and Jan Tallinn. Uh, they were all Estonians and they worked on the back end. So Jan left university to go into computer gaming and he programmed computer games. In fact, he referred to himself as the Estonian computer games industry. Uh, but after a decade of doing that, uh, and remember he had done a little bit through university, uh, he decided to uh, quit and exit because uh, he felt that uh, the programming of computer games uh, really didn't meet the developments in computer graphics. Uh, and so he felt like some of his skill were, was slightly redundant. We actually ended up exiting the computer games uh, business and going into internet programming. At which point we met uh, Nicholas and Janus, who became the main, eventually became the main founders of uh, Skype. And this is the point where Jan Tallinn met with Nicholas and Jan. And do you remember? Those are the guys that we spoke about uh, founding Skype. And together with them, the first the, we first did uh, Gazal uh, file sharing application, which got us into a bunch of legal trouble. Uh, and after Gazal, we did a few smaller projects and eventually ended up doing Skype. Uh, that was also used in a music sharing application, Kazar. And Kazar, or Kaza, whatever which way you want to say it, is the peer-to-peer -peer file sharing application that used fast track protocol. This was commonly used to exchange MP3 music files and videos, applications, documents over the internet. And Skype originally featured a hybrid peer-to-peer -peer type client service system. So, you know, so what happened when, when Napster kind of got shut down, basically all of those users came to us. That's Nicholas Zenstrom, one of the co-founders of Skype. So we thought it was good and bad. Yeah. <laughs> now the target moves to you. At least, you know, we had traction. You know, right. when you don't have any traction, you won't have traction. Right. That's why we were quite happy with traction. And then the letters start happening. Yeah. And, then, and then I think the problem for us was that they wanted to kind of, we were like kind of really the last one that really got sued. Yeah. So they wanted to make a big, big example out of us. So it was a long-lasting litigation. We started Jolted, which was the kind of the legit Jolted, server, yeah. yes, in 2002. So right. the litigation kind of continued. So we kind of got, got rid of Kazavi. So like, okay, we believed in the P2P technology, but we didn't want to spend the next three years litigation, which of course I ended up doing anyway. Right. And um, so we started this um, P2P distribution platform that you, anyone could, you know, and anyone as a content producer could or, or, or uh, could put up a file and you had like a um, public key encryption system so that you actually it was licensed files and, you know, it was a beautiful system, but we never got an attraction. 
And then one day we came up with Skype and, and kind of incubated Skype from, from Jolted. And here's Jan Tallinn again on the birth of Skype. So Skype actually started as a, a project within another company. Uh, the, the other company was called uh, Jolted. It was founded by Niklas Sandström and Janus Fries. Uh, and within that company, we first did various projects, including the, the backend uh, for Kazaa file sharing uh, network. And Skype was started as, uh, in two, late 2002 as a project within that uh, company. Uh, but just a few months uh, later, it was spun off into a separ separate company and seven people got uh, founding shares in this new company called uh, Skyper. And here's a little unknown fact. Uh, the name for the software was derived from Sky Peer-to-Peer. -peer, and this was abbreviated to Skyper. Skyper. Now, they tried to obtain the domain name associated with Skyper, but it was taken. So they had the same problem that we all have in trying to get domain names. And so they dropped the R and Skyper became Skype, which the domain names were available. The state of voice over IP back then was that uh, latest thing uh, that was called the SIP, Session Initiation Protocol. Uh, it was like a new standard that was uh, roughly modeled after email. The, but the problem was that uh, just like with email, you just can't you need like a ISP or some uh, third party to set, set you up with this. You can't uh, start uh, just an email program and be like immediately connected. You need to connect that email program to some server, and which creates the chicken and egg situation uh, in a VoIP world where there were no VoIP servers at that point. Uh, we figured out that we really need uh, like a peer-to-peer -peer solution uh, where people could bootstrap the network without being reliant on their ISPs in, in installing some gateways or, or things. So yeah, after having empirically determined that the existing uh, voice over IP, uh, although uh, sufficient for our purposes technically, they wouldn't uh, really work because of the architectural requirements uh, they had, uh, the chicken and egg situation. So we decided that, okay, let's, let's do our own uh, voice over IP program and that eventually we ended up dropping this Wi-Fi sharing network idea altogether and just focused on the on the voice over IP. Skype has been sold three or four times depending how you count. Myself and uh, the founders uh, sold our shares during the first sale which was to eBay in uh, was September 2005. Uh, so two years after we launched Skype. And after that, uh, eBay sold the uh, majority of the shares to a private equity company and a consortium of uh, uh, VCs, I think. And uh, I don't even remember, it was 2010 or 2011 when Microsoft uh, bought, bought the whole thing. So eBay buys Skype for $2.5 billion and about $1.3 billion of that is in cash. Uh, the rest was uh, eBay stock. What a wonderful story. Uh, and at the time of the sale in 2005, Skype had been downloaded 182 million times in 225 countries and had 59 million people registered to use Skype. I traveled around the world. Uh, it's a household name. I knew of many people that just fell in love with the ability to keep in touch with uh, their home, their family, their friends through Skype. At the time, Skype was available in 27 languages and was the fastest growing voice communication offering around the world. 
eBay had big plans for Skype. So it sounds a wonderful story and it doesn't end with the sale of Skype. This is where Jan Tallinn runs into his next big challenge. There was no, uh, no sharp point where I, where I left Skype. Uh, one moment where I significantly reduced my involvement in Skype was uh, 2009 when, when there was this uh, big lawsuit between the uh, founders of Skype and uh, private, private equity companies that had bought uh, shares of Skype uh, from eBay and there was some like, technology licensing issues uh, and because I ended up uh, on the other side of that lawsuit than Skype, uh, I, my day-to-day -day activities in Skype were hindered and when I came back to Skype uh, like half a year later uh, the company had moved along uh, quite a lot so it was actually hard for me to you know, fit in uh, fit right back in so I ended up just like gradually um, easing out from the from the day-to-day -day activities. So we pick it up from the viewpoint of Nicholas Zenstrom. So yeah. Jolty was, which was a f company before Skype, which yeah. was a peer-to-peer -peer company, and 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 Jolty then um, uh, it was the technology from Jolty that we use at Skype. So it was two different companies. So we sold. Um, when we sold Skype to eBay, we didn't sell Jolted. eBay, later, a few years later, they decided that you know, they should focus on, on, on e-commerce. Yeah. So they thought that they should sell the majority of Skype. So we participated in a buyout together with, yeah, with Silver Lake and Andreessen. And then we put Jolted into that. Coming up. A summary of the lawsuit and find out the details of the Microsoft sale. But now, a word from my sponsors. TopTal. TopTal is a network of the world's best developers and designers, people who have been rigorously vetted before they're even allowed or invited to join TopTal's network. So what sets TopTal apart is this quality of network quality of talent that they have at their disposal. And at the same time as having the world's best network of the world's best developers and designers, TopTal also have a hands-on matching process that helps ensure you get connected with the best individuals from their network. Once you begin working with any individual from TopTal, they always back you up with a no-risk trial of up to two weeks in length. Uh, this is where you simply have the opportunity to work with an individual developer or a designer uh, that they help you find within their network. And so go to toptal.com forward slash Paul, toptal.com forward slash Paul, grab that two week trial and you will be rewarded by working with the best developers and best designers around the world. Thank you very much to Toptal for supporting this show. Brand Bucket. Here's what Brand Bucket is. So you know when you're starting a new business or even just launching a side project to your main business, one of the toughest challenges that takes forever is coming up with a name. Uh, I remember going to all the different websites when I was trying to come up with the name for the show, The App Guy. And I would try and put some weird combinations together as well and try and get the domain name. Just avoid all that pain. Go to Brand Bucket for your brand. Uh, what you'll find is you'll get a domain name, you'll get a logo. In fact, you'll get uh, some creative help as well because you'll be able to browse through all the different names that they have. Uh, 30,000 plus in their database where you can just search through by keyword and find the right name for you. Uh, there's no obligation for them. You can just go and search. 
try and find an existing company or maybe a nice logo that you uh, like the look of. Uh, to have a, a good review of all the stuff they do, go to brandbucket.com forward slash app guy. Brandbucket.com forward slash app guy and get a ready-made brand for you. Thank you very much to Brandbucket for supporting this episode. Welcome back to the App Guy podcast. I'm your host, it's Paul Kemp. When we left, we were talking about Jan Tallinn from Estonia. He'd studied physics, he graduated, he got involved in game programming, he'd left and set up a company called Kazar. And during that, there was a lot of litigation. And it was during that litigation that he uh, decided to do something else. And he met the two co-founders of Skype. He became a co-founder of Skype after a few things that they'd tried together. And Skype had become incredibly successful. In fact, they'd sold it on to eBay uh, after a few years. And eBay didn't do really much with Skype. So then uh, it was sold again to a consortium. And some of those people in that consortium were a few of the original co-founders. And we were talking about some of the lawsuits uh, after the sale of eBay. So as far as I can make out, eBay wanted to continue to focus on e-commerce. That meant Skype wasn't a part of their future plans. So they sold Skype and they sold Skype to a consortium of VCs, but also part of the original co-founding team. And remember, those original co-founders had Jolted. Jolted was part of the Skype technology, which they never sold to eBay. And so, yeah, it got all complicated. And uh, I guess uh, some of the founders were on one side and some of the founders were on the other side of the lawsuit. Uh, But ultimately, in the story, uh, Skype uh, did uh, get sold to Microsoft. Uh, They tripled the value uh, which was paid. Uh, But sadly, it was uh, potentially going to be an IPO. And that would have meant that Skype would have been a a very strong European-based company Uh, that uh, had a wonderful IPO. Um, But for whatever the reason, Microsoft did come in and they offered obviously enough money uh, to prevent that IPO at uh, the very late stages. And uh, it now is part of Microsoft. Do you know Microsoft offers Skype $8.5 billion? $8.5 billion, Uh, incredible number. And uh, so uh, Skype has ended up becoming a Microsoft company, uh, where it it could have been a European company. So when Jan Tallinn thinks about how he's changed the world, listen to these statistics of Skype in 2016. Skype users, there are about 74 million of them. And each of those users spends on average 27 minutes in a Skype conversation. And Skype users spend, on average per month, 100 minutes. This is phenomenal. And the total percentage of small businesses that use Skype is 35% of all communications. Uh, The number of Skype-enabled television sets, 50 million. The number of iPhone Skype downloads per year, 11.5 million. The number of people who have ever used Skype, 560 million. And the total percentage of Skype calls that are video to video, 40%. So he has really helped the world connect on a face-to-face basis. The average spent yearly by a paying Skype user is $96. And 
the number of monthly logins to Skype, 124 million. The number of monthly paying Skype users, only 8.1 million. And the amount of money spent by Microsoft to acquire Skype, 8.5 billion. That is the legacy of Jan Tallinn, one of the co-founders of Skype and all the, the co-founders uh, who helped bring Skype to us. What's great is that when we started the company, we thought like we thought really long term, like, okay, how long, you know, the longest term you can ever think is like 10 years, 10, 15 years. And we thought we want Skype to be, you know, one of the, you know, you know, key, you know, communication is, is a key, key thing, you know, one of the main thing you do on the internet. So we wanted Skype to be in, in 10, 15 years after the launch, still be that company. So it's great it is today, it still is. So, so uh, you know, that is, you know, so in that way we've, we achieved, you know, what we wanted to do. But after all the lawsuits, uh, Jan did have have some time to reflect and think about the future, uh, what he's going to do with his time. And this is where he has uh, the realization of what he wants to spend his time, money and effort on. And so Jan does actually uh, look towards the future with AI uh, and some really awesome stuff. What are you doing during the lawsuit that uh, Skype had? I was uh, looking around for what, what other important things there might be do in the world. And I ended up reading uh, the writings of uh, Eliezer Rutkowski, an AI researcher in, uh, in California. And uh, I found like an interesting, found him first of all very interesting, uh, but also he was like making a, a very important argument uh, that uh, the default outcome from AI is not necessarily good. We actually have to put in effort in order to make the outcomes from AI once they get powerful enough, uh, good. So once I got interested in these topics, I was more and more willing uh, to contribute my time and, and money to actually advancing the uh, what's called existential risk ecosystem. Uh, people thinking about not just about uh, risks from technology, like AI technology, but also from other technologies such as, such as synthetic biology or nanotechnology. So this is where I get a chance to speak to Jan about the future of his work, uh, what he's getting up to with AI and thinking about all the complex uh, challenges that he wants to tackle. Uh, I'm really looking forward to the episode. It's going to be a future episode of the App Guide podcast. To subscribe, do go to your favorite podcasting app, search Paul Kemp, you'll find the App Guide podcast. Or you can just uh, go to theappguide.co, go to, go to theappguide.co, and you'll see lots of uh, buttons on there to uh, press and uh, click through to your favorite podcasting app. Thanks for listening to this episode. Remember, you can get an up to two week trial with TopTal and get access to the world's best developers and designers. Go to toptal.com forward slash pool, toptal.com forward slash pool. And Brand Bucket. Brand Bucket is where you need to go to get your brand, your company name, get the logo, get the domain ready made for you. Go to brandbucket.com forward slash app guy. Brandbucket.com forward slash app guy. Tell me what you think to this format. I would love to know your feedback. Was it helpful in preparation for my big interview with the co founder of Skype? Uh, the co founder of Skype interview will be uh, out soon. I'm not sure which episode it's going to be, but it really will be uh, quite soon. So do stay tuned, do listen to the next few episodes, and wait for the big interview.